Well, welcome back. This is another episode of Two Beards in a Bible. I'm John Sueno. I'm Dave Tenney. And we're looking today into Matthew 7 still, uh, where we left off last time. We're going to be uh, beginning to read at Matthew 7 at verse 24. And uh, well, let's, let's begin there and, we'll, and we'll, we'll talk. So Matthew 7 at verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Okay, more doing. Mm -hmm. so, so, so this is a, another thing, you know, uh, the last episode we talked about, you know, the, the doing is a theme of the Bible and, and it's a theme of this passage too. Right. He says, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, you got to do more than like just him here. A wise man, yeah, yeah. And, and and we all like to think of ourselves as wise in our own well, minds. Maybe you do, <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, you know it, it's important that we that we not only hear those things, yeah. but that we that we have put it into action. I, I have a and maybe I've mentioned it before. Uh, I have problem with that. I mention things a lot over and over. But um, one of my friends growing up, his dad would often be sitting and reading the scriptures, and he had to have read the Bible through countless times, but uh, yet really never had anything, any, any desire to even be the least bit religious. You know, huh. as far as, you know, attending a church service, I don't think I ever saw him go to church except for a wedding or perhaps a funeral. And, uh, and, and it always struck me as odd, you know, because... Yeah. The man has read and read and read the scriptures. He knows them quite well, but it's not it's not sticking. Yeah. So my dad would read the Bible quite a bit, but he was always trying to find some like he was big into like this numerology and stuff. Oh, okay. And, you know, he was always trying to find some pattern. He thought the Bible was like a a puzzle he was putting together, you right? Know, and he was just trying to find some missing piece that was going to let him know some secret thing, right? You know. But yeah. the Bible's not like that, because it was right. written for us to understand. Right, right, yeah. God is not the author of confusion. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's no uh, there's no hidden code, as much as we can put on our tinfoil hats and turn the TV on at night. You know, we can feed ourselves yeah. with those things. And I, and I kind of, uh, truth be told, enjoy listening to some of those quacky theories yeah. sometimes. But but it's, uh, as, we, as we look into the scriptures... You know, we do have to build on that rock. Yeah. You know, and you know, what is the rock that, that we think of as the, the cornerstone of faith? That, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is the cornerstone. Yeah. If that wasn't true, then, then the rest of this, why even look right. at it? Right. You build, you, know. you build all of your faith on top of that. The, yeah. the, the church, you know, is... Uh, as we're told in the scriptures, is built on that confession and Peter's confession. Yeah, that, that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. 
And if we if we don't believe that, then this is just a good storybook. Right. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's, it's Matthew 16, 18. I actually made the note there. Matthew 16, 18 uh, points to that. And uh, my fingers will do their jobs here. Uh, Matthew 16, 18 says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And, uh, you know, reading back before that, in uh, in verse 13, Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi and asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then verse 18 that we read a moment ago, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. As we uh, and then verse 19 tells him that and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now people look at that, uh, people look at that and, and especially in the Catholic religion, they, they, they say that Peter, literally Peter, is the one that the, the church right. is going to be built upon. But really, if you look at it again in its context... Mm -hmm. The church, he says that the church was going to be built on what Peter said, Peter's mm -hmm. confession, right? Not Peter personally, right? You know, and it just takes a little bit of sentence diagramming it, to it, really make that clear. Yeah, I mean, he said, you know, Peter said that that Jesus was the Son of God, right? Mm -hmm. He says, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God," and then. Uh, then Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Revealed what? Oh, that Jesus was the Son of God. Then he says, and I say that, that you are Peter, and on this rock, this mm -hmm. thing you just said, I will build my church. Right. And the, the root of the name Peter is Petros, which rock. means a stone. Right. A rock. So, yeah. so people take that and turn it literally. But really, it, the scriptures are not complicated. No, <laughs> and and sometimes depending on if you're in the 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 old King James, you know, the sometimes the flowery words, the the, the dialect kind of maybe is difficult for us yeah. today, but it doesn't take much to get past that, and, yeah, and to be able to understand it with just a little bit of diligence, um, it, it can make good sense to you. And, now, now, John and I use the New King James. I believe we you, that's yeah. what you used also. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I like this because I grew up with the King James. Yeah. And this has that same rhythm to it. Right. With a little bit more modern language. But, you know, there um, is no such thing as an inspired, right. you know, translation. Yeah. The word's inspired, but the translation. Yeah, <laughs> the translation. <laughs> the... the uh, and I use the New King James because I, I'm used to the King James, and yeah. and I'm woefully awful at memorization. But the 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 scriptures that do kind of stick in my head, it's pretty much King James. Yeah, and, and so the New King James just sort of fits and, and works. But I've become fond of the NASB lately. Yeah, uh, and the ESV from time to time. I even like to use the NIV sometimes, and it's. A lot of people, it's a little bit more of a liberal translation, but sometimes 
Yeah. It makes certain things more clear. And my wife uh, uses one, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's it's something like the Real Plain Bible or something okay. like that. And, and, and when you look at that and, and compare it to the Greek, it, it makes some good translations sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so you, you look across all of them. Yeah. And, and, it's, it's like, I don't know any Greek. I'm not a Greek scholar. Mm -hmm. So when, I, when I'm confused about some scripture, I'll just look at several translations of it yeah. and look up words in the dictionary, and usually I'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I just downloaded a, a free software, eSword. Yeah, um, I've used that before. It's and, awesome. And it, it, I haven't figured it out yet completely, but you can put things, uh, different uh, translations parallel to each other. And, yeah, and, and it's and, got commentaries and all sorts of right. neat stuff. So, go back to our original scripture here, and uh, where we were at, Matthew 7. <laughs> Matthew 7. So, he, he talks about the, the idea of what a wise man and a foolish man would do. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, you know, the wise man that, you know, he built his house on the sand. Of course, you know, that'd be the worst foundation ever for a house. Right. You know, it would just, you know, sand is not a solid surface. And uh, then he talks about, uh, what else does he say? Uh, what's came? What's house on the rock? So the rock was a good one. Sand was a so you different examples to mm -hmm. contrast a wise man and a foolish man, right? And uh, and the last part here in verse twenty eight, this is I think this is an interesting thing in here. He says that the people were astonished at his teaching, right? Because Jesus had a teaching style that was different than the scribes and the Pharisees, and. Uh, because he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Right. And uh, if you ever, like, studied any of the Jewish writings, you know, they, it's, it's like reading law. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they build up a case based on other cases, mm -hmm. you know, so, so uh, the, the Jews will have some sort of practice they do, and it's built off of the opinion of this other person. Who was built off the opinion of this other person, who's a, who had a certain opinion of a certain scripture, mm -hmm. and if you follow, and what happens is, is, you know, they've gotten way far away from from right what the original intent was. But sounds like sounds like our law legal system today. Yeah. But when Jesus taught, he taught as as one who had authority, and that was different, right? And, and, and uh, again, you know, it reminds me of you shall know them by their fruits. You know, and and it was quite clear that this guy's different. Yes, and uh, and and it, you, if, if you are obedient to the Lord and you follow Him and you uh, follow His example, and you again are those that do His will, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb in the world. Oh yeah, yeah. and and the same thing, uh, people will. People will step back and, and wonder what's wrong with you. <laughs> so that's that's okay. It's okay to be different. All right. So chronologically, the next place we're going to go is uh, Luke chapter 7. All right. And uh, uh, it's 1 through 10. And I'll go ahead and read that. And we'll talk about that a little bit. It's when Jesus heals a centurion's servant. It says, Now when he concluded all his sayings and hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. So when Jesus, when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one 
for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. And Jesus went to him, went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned around and said to the crowd and followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that is a great example of faith and understanding that, uh, you know, this is Christ, the son of the living God, and he can, he can command all of creation. And, and he he would be able. This uh, this was a pretty unique individual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a centurion would have been uh, a guy who was in charge of a hundred soldiers. And uh, if you look at the Roman army, the way it was organized is uh, you had a, a century like this guy. He had a hundred soldiers, and then you had a group called a cohort, which was six centuries, so about six hundred soldiers there. And then you had a legion, which was 10 cohorts. So uh, a legion had about 6,000 men in it. Hmm. But that's how they were, how the, the command was organized. So right. this centurion, he, you know, he had 100 soldiers. And um, uh, I forget what the pay for a, a centurion was. I don't know. If, oh, I got it here. He was paid up to 100 times the base wage of a common soldier. Right. So, you know, he, he was... Um, he wielded some power. He wielded some power and some finance. Mm -hmm. And it says there that he loves our nation and built us a synagogue. And I think that's, you know, that's unique because a lot of the Romans didn't really care for the Jews. Right. And, and you know, we can think of, you know, there's a common throughout time, I think, in, in humanity that uh, it's sort of been common to to hate those that are that have any kind of wealth or power. And some of that may be well-earned because many times those that are wealthy tend to get a big head and they yeah. tend to not be able to be humble uh, because of because of their social stature. And uh, we don't see that with this man. No. We, we see that he was so humble that he sent his servant because he didn't feel like he was worthy to stand in front of Christ. Yeah. And, and that's... We we can learn something from that. That's a, he had a good attitude. That's yeah. the kind of attitude we ought to have, right? I mean, if you can, <laughs> if you can make Christ marvel, yeah. <laughs> and Christ only marveled one other time. <laughs> right. I wrote that down. Yeah. Mark Mark six six was the only other time that that phrase is used in the New Testament that Christ marveled at something. Um, and this was so. This was, he, in verse 6, um, he's talking about, um, let's see here, he went to his disciples and he came to his own country. So Jesus goes back to his home, hometown and nobody believes him. Mm -hmm. And in verse 6 says, he marveled because of their unbelief. 
Yeah, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. <laughs> but here, back over here in Luke chapter 7, he marvels because of this Gentile centurion's belief. Right. You know, and and this centurion certainly knew Jesus' place in the universe. Right. You know, because he, he read it back to him. He's like, he goes, yeah. He goes, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I tell somebody to do something, they do it because I'm over them. Right. And when you do the same thing, because you're over the universe. Right. And, uh, you know, your word is good enough. And then here's a sad statement there. After that, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Yeah. His own people. Yep. Uh, again, uh, you know, and we we need to be careful of that ourselves. Yes, we, we do. Have that. We need to have that, uh, that, that faith, just like the centurion did. John, you want to read the next section here? Yeah, where do we want to go? 7, uh, 11. 11 to 17, it looks yeah. like. So we need to be in Luke 7, which I am, in verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea, and all the surrounding region. Ah, uh, I think that'd be pretty big news. You, you, yeah. you rose somebody from the dead, you know. Right. So, you know, Jesus walks into this city and he sees a funeral procession. Obviously, a big crowd of people, mm-hmm. and uh, a dead man. He was he was stone cold dead. There was no doubt about it. Right. And his mother was, you know, obviously she's a widow, and back then, you know. Probably her livelihood was tied to her son. Right. So she's probably not only weeping for, you know, losing her son, but also, you know, she's probably going to be in a bad way. Right. Um, you know, right. see uh, the book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what happened uh, with Naomi. Right. It kind of brings to mind, you know, when, when Christ was on the cross, he, he, he did... Uh, his disciple to uh, and I refresh my memory with the name of the disciple John the, the, to uh, to watch after his yeah. mother and so you know in, in Christ's mind undoubtedly he knew the things that were to come he you know maybe was taking some pity on this woman because he understood that you know this was yeah. going to be a situation near and dear to him yeah uh, here coming soon yeah so he comes up to her and he says don't weep and he tells a young man he says he says, get up, son. Right. I tell you, you arise. And right. uh, he sat up and began to speak. Yeah. And it happened right now, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was immediate. Yeah. It didn't, uh, again, thinking back to that statement we read a moment ago, you shall know them by their fruits. You know, when someone today says that they have power to heal, ask them to do something like that right yeah. now. Yeah. As, as I know, one one preacher that you and I both know, has invited uh, 
invited those healing people to the hospital. Well, let's yep. go right now. Let's <laughs> let's heal some children at Children's Hospital. Yeah, know? let's go. <laughs> and and if they didn't, if they can't heal some of us, said, well, it's because you don't have enough faith. Right. Well, this young man couldn't have had faith. He was dead. Right. Yeah. Right. Christ never never put that put the power to be healed on someone. Right. You know, it, it was done because he he commanded it. Yeah. He spoke. Yeah. The only time that that uh, problem with faith was ever mentioned was when the apostles were trying to cast out a demon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was, you know, that was a totally different thing. Right. That was the people that, so I would say to the faith healer, no, it's because of your faith. Right. <laughs> True. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, after all this happens, it says fear came mm -hmm. upon. What do you think people were afraid you don't see something like that every day, <laughs> and and, uh, and and rightly so. If something like that happened, it would cause you to sit back. It would cause you to, who is this? Yeah, reevaluate <laughs> your life. Right. Yeah. What am I Literally. doing? <laughs> right. And 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 they feared and they glorified God, and because of and this was the purpose of these these miracles that Christ. Uh, did while he was here and, and that the apostles continued to do it was a it was a signification of of who christ yeah it validated it yeah mm -hmm. you know that's um you know back then and that's you know people wonder why you know why don't we have spiritual gifts today mm -hmm. well we don't need them we have god's word today right we have the examples yeah back then they didn't have god's word and so you've got some fellow that comes into town, and he's going to tell you the will of God, mm -hmm. and how do you know that he's approved of God? Well, you know, he might do some signs, and that would that would let you know, okay, this, this is, guy's a real deal. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yep. And, and as we are to have faith, you know, we need to build that faith. We understand Romans ten seventeen tells us faith comes by hearing and, and hearing, hearing by the, the word, word of God. God. And and we must uh, have that faith. And, and even though there were people, there were God's own people, Israel, <laughs> at that time, sitting there in the presence of Christ and yet not believing. So, yeah. so when people say, well, I just need a sign. Well, yeah. The history of the scriptures tell us that yeah. the signs didn't work right. for some people. You have a sign. You have this Bible in front of you, which is a book that was that's impossible for you to have. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> How many times has that been burned? Yeah. Over the centuries. <clears throat> How can a book that was written over, what, 1,500 years mm -hmm. read like it came from the mind of one person? Right. How can that be? Right. It's not possible. And and we live in a in a time when we're we're fortunate to have lived to see some archaeological discoveries that have pinned the very words that we read all the way back to the third century. Yeah. Hey, John, if you and I sat here and we decided we're going to write a fiction story, right? And we briefly discussed it, and I said, "Okay, I'll write chapter one, and you write chapter two. What do you think the chances them two chapters are going to fit together very well? Yeah, not much if you're planning on, on me remembering anything. Right. <laughs> right. That's just you and I sitting right. here. You know, this is a, a huge period of time that this was written, and it just fits together like glue. And that's and, and the scriptures explain that. You know, Christ told the apostles that when he goes away, that he would send the helper. 
you know, the spirit to help them under to help them recall all the things that he had said. Yeah, and and uh, and and that plays out. That seems to have been been done. You done? What are we looking at in time here? Oh, we're about twenty three minutes. So all right. I don't know if we got time to. What's the next thing here? Oh. I don't think we're going to get through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, we will uh, end there. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for being with us. Again, this is two beards in a Bible, and uh, we we hope that this has been a edifying time for you to to look into the scriptures with us. I hope that you've had your Bible open and turned with us. If you have questions, uh, and again, if you if you have if you disagree with us. And by all means, reach out to us and, and let us know, uh, and, and we'd be glad to study with you. Uh, we, we, as Dave mentioned in the last episode, at the end of the last episode, that, that uh, we've been wrong before. And, and uh, we, we want to, you would be our friend if you, if you corrected some error that we have as far as the scriptures go. So uh, we would love to study with you. We, we'd love for you to comment uh, and share Share these videos so that others might be able to uh, benefit from them. That is the prayer anyway. So without further ado, we'll, we'll let you go and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you. Cut. <laughs> yeah.